How's it going today, guys? Back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penland, joined once again by none other than Ben Gorwitz on Tuesday, December 14th, 2021. Ben, say what's up to the people, man. What's going on, everybody? Ben, I hope that you had a good weekend just like everyone else. Um, it was a good thir- or Saturday of a our uh, favorite college football game was very underwhelming as always. Sunday was a uh, NFL bad beat day. Um, not fun Sunday for me at all. When it came to the NFL, those half points absolutely destroyed me. I lost two bets by a half point, And then I had the bears who should, probably should have backdoor covered for me. Screw me at the end. So gotta love that, man. At least I got it back last night with the Rams, but Ben, let's get into this thing, man. We got a lot of good NFL topics for y'all. We even got our first NBA topic of the season coming up here in a minute. So let's go ahead and get down to it. Let's talk about the number one seeds now in our conferences. So, guys, the season has been winding down, and we still have a massive logjam, not only for the wild card spots, but to get these number one spots as well in each conference. We'll give you all the scenario, and then we'll talk about who we think will get these spots. So as of right now, The New England Patriots are the one seed in the AFC. They are tied, though, with Tennessee and Kansas City. But this is how it plays out. Kansas City or New England wins a tiebreaker over Kansas City and Tennessee based on best win percentage in conference games. Um, New England also beat Tennessee head-to-head. They haven't played Kansas City. Tennessee, though, wins a tiebreaker over Kansas City based on head-to-head win percentage because Tennessee beat Kansas City. Um, Let's talk about the AFC first, Ben. You think the Patriots are going to hold on and keep this one seed, or you got somebody else taking it from them? Let's start with how they look now. Uh, they still look good. They had the bye week, and then they're going to play that tough test against the Colts, which I've been talking mm-hmm. about for two weeks. Between the Colts, Buffalo, and then even Miami's playing better football now, I wouldn't say those are three – and then Jacksonville. So three out of those four games I don't think are going to be easy. Um if they beat the Colts, then I think they go three and one in that stretch. I don't think they lose to Miami and end up safe if they can beat the Colts at, at the Colts. I'm going to say that they finish second in the AFC, though. I, I think the Chiefs do pass them. Yeah, I'm saying two and two here for the Patriots. I just think it's a tough schedule. Like you said, they have three hard games. Pretty hard to go undefeated in those. Um, when I look at the Titans, they play at the Steelers. They got the 49ers, the Dolphins, and the Texans. I think the Titans also go two and two. In those games as well. Then I look for Kansas City. They play at the Bolts. Then they've got um, the Steelers, Bengals, and Broncos. I see a three and one, maybe even four and zero oh for Kansas City. I'm going to agree with you on that one. Look, the they way lost, this is, they lost the Chargers earlier, so exactly tough. a little revenge game. Yeah, and even though it's in SoFi Stadium this time, I mean, they don't get the greatest home atmosphere, um, or you know, for home fans. I think at Cincy and at Denver is really tough to finish the year for Kansas City. But if they're just rolling going into those games, I think they continue to roll. I don't think they have a, a stoppage again. Um, so here's actually a little gambler's joke for you. The joke is the Chargers have no home field. It's actually a home game for the other team. Yeah, no, I agree with you, man. There's definitely going to be way more Chiefs fan than there is Chargers fans in that stadium. Um. Yeah, I just think it's Kansas City defense and the way they're playing right now. They're playing their best football right now. Not saying that Tennessee isn't. Tennessee's going to keep getting more healthy. They just have a tough schedule ahead. Look, I know Pittsburgh's down. Going into Pittsburgh and playing on the road there has never been an easy task. That'll always be a tough task no matter what. 
New England, man, I just feel like that they're due to drop a game or two. You know, they've been damn hot, red hot. It's about time they drop one. So I like Kansas City to come through and take this number one seed overall in the AFC. Um, let's get down, though, to the NFC here. We have the Green Bay Packers at 10 and 3. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 10 and 3. And we have the Arizona Cardinals at 10 and 3. Green Bay wins a tiebreaker over Arizona and Tampa Bay based on win percentage in conference games. Green Bay also beat Arizona head to head. So they have a head to head tiebreaker with Arizona. They have not played Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay hasn't played Arizona either, but Tampa Bay wins that tiebreaker over Arizona based on strength of strength of schedule. So Ben, who's wrapping up this one seed in the, in the NFC. Still going with green Bay, man. Um, I know that Tampa Bay is the easiest remaining schedule. Um, I just think it's kind of the safe pick to take them. And I don't think it's necessarily what they're going to do. I mean, their schedule is kind of like laughable, to be honest with you. It's the Saints, Carolina Jets, and Carolina. I mean, how do they not go 4-0 there? That's like the easiest – that's the easiest games to go 4-0 I've ever seen. Yeah, see, I agree with um, you on that. It is an easy 4-0, but, I mean, you look at Green Bay at the Ravens with Lamar Jackson injured and all the injuries they have. That's a game where Green Bay's favored – Versus the Browns, Green Bay's favored. Versus the Vikings, that's revenge, and they're favored at the at the one in ten and one Lions. I mean, yeah, it's it's not a not a hard schedule either. Um, I mean, here's the thing: if the Bucks went out, if they both went out, Green Bay keeps the one, um, and that's why I think I'm going with Green Bay. I don't think the Ravens are good enough, even at home. Uh, I think even if Lamar plays, he's not the healthiest. I agree. The Browns, the Browns, I don't think are good enough to even compete with the Packers the way the Packers are rolling on defense right now. Uh, they're playing really sound football on defense. Their corners, I mean, first of all, Eric Stokes as a rookie has been lights out. Lights and out. And then Rasul Douglas, who I think it was the Cardinals that just kind of gave up on him. Um, he was like on the practice squad and then cut basically. And Green Bay mm-hmm. was like, they picked him up and he's been great. They still don't have Jair Alexander. I believe he is coming back within the next couple of weeks. Um, that's, that's the, I mean, he's one of the best corners in the league, in my opinion. I wouldn't put him as the best, but I would put him as one of the best. Dude, they're just getting healthier. Their pass rush looks good. The way that Rodgers is rolling, dude, they have some of the best balance on offense in the NFL right now. The way that they have A.J. Dillon running as a running back two is just insane. Jones and Dillon are great tandems. Uh, when they're both healthy, obviously. Rodgers is Rodgers. Dude, I called into uh, Brandon Walker's um, uh, podcast the other day because he, he does listeners. Mm-hmm. And I said, and I was like, Brandon, I know this is a college football show, but I want to talk to some NFL MVP. He goes, let's do it. I said, I'm getting Aaron Rodgers at plus 700 right now. I was like, listen, I know Brady's rolling. I get all that. My only concern is, is Rodgers with – a lot of people probably disliking him. Mm-hmm. Does that affect his voting? I got Rodgers at plus 700, the NFL MVP, two weeks ago. Wow. And, and Br- Brady is still the favorite right now, but the way Rodgers is playing, it's almost like he's going to pass him and win it if he gets that number one seed over Brady. I just feel like if their numbers are really similar, you take the guy who got the number one seed. I don't know how he was disrespected at a plus 700. I've told you for weeks now, I thought the Packers were the best team in the NFL mm-hmm. I still think they're the best team in the NFL and I think they hold on to the one seed 
Yeah, I agree with you on that one, Ben. I just think that the Patriot, the Bucks have an easier schedule, but the fact that even though they have the easier schedule here, I mean, there's no way the Packers are going to lose to any of these teams left on their schedule. I just don't see it happening. So I'm going to agree with you on this one. Um, MVP wise, I mean, I think it's still very wide open between those guys. I just wouldn't rule out Jonathan Taylor still on that MVP, man. I think if he totes, continues to tote the rock these last three weeks, it's going to be so tight between them. I feel like you got to go with the other guy. Especially this week, playing yeah. Tampa Bay, best run defense in the NFL. I mean, he goes off against them. Got to give him credit. You mean against New England? He, he already played Tampa Bay. Oh, I meant New England, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he goes off on New England, definitely, for sure. Yeah, I think I think it's between Brady and Rodgers, but I think Jonathan Taylor still has a chance. You know, if the Colts ball out here down the stretch, Jonathan Taylor definitely has a chance putting the team on his back. And, and listen, Green Bay, it obviously means a lot for them to get um, home field advantage, the fact that they get to play at home in Lambeau in the cold weather. They're more used to it, but Brady and the Bucks did beat them in Lambeau last year in the NFC Championship. We know Brady's a cold-weather quarterback. He's an everything quarterback. The biggest home field advantage is Tampa Bay. They don't lose at home. They're def- they, bl- they blow people out at home. They don't just beat people. They embarrass teams at home. Their defense, if you look at their defensive numbers, home and road, they're much better uh, at home. They get more sacks at home. They force more turnovers at home. They give up less points at home. I don't know what it is. I mean, obviously, sleeping in your own bed with your family is a lot better than maybe spending the night in a hotel room. If do NFL teams still do they travel? They travel the day before, or do they do they go same day now? Day of, I mean, day before, day, day, day before. Yeah, so sleeping in a hotel versus sleeping in your own bed, it would make a difference for me. I mean, obviously, when I'm in a hotel room, I'm typically on vacation, so. You know, the vibes are always high, but I'm more cranky if I don't get sleep. And hotel beds are not – whether it's the Ritz-Carlton and ain't your own bed, I'll tell you that. Um, but I don't know what it is, if it's the humidity in Tampa Bay or what it is, but they play so much better at home, even though we know Brady can win in any any uh, climate, any, any uh, opposing stadium. He would rather do it at home. It's much harder to win multiple games on the road. Um, so that one seed, it's it's going to be a fight to the finish, and it's going to be awesome to watch. Hey, man, Tom Brady's been winning the playoffs in cold weather for a long time. We saw him go on the road and do it last year. I think he can go on the road and do it once again. So, you know, I agree with you on the Packers, though, wrapping up this one seed here. I think it's all theirs. It's theirs to lose at this point. Next, though, let's talk about something. It's going to take a while to go through each scenario and talk about it. Let's We're going to go down the list team by team in each conference, Ben. You can we have the so you have to take three of these teams to make the wild card. You have the ability to cross teams off. You have the ability to keep teams teams on there. Let's start out with our current six seed or five seed in the AFC, Los Angeles Chargers. Ben, do they keep this five? Do they keep either the five, six, or seven seed and slip in, or do you have them falling out at eight and five? It's really really tough team to kind of get a grip on because I think they are good, but they just blow. So many games. Mm-hmm. I, mm, I think they get it. I do. Th- I I think they get it. I think they go three and one down the stretch. They might lose to Kansas City this week. I think they went out from there. I think the Chargers get in. I think the Chargers at get in by going two and two down the stretch. I don't necessarily think they keep the seed, 
but I think they get in it with going two and two. So I'm gonna have the I have the Chargers in, but I actually have the Chargers dropping to my uh, seven seed. So I'm gonna take the Bolts to get in here. Um, the char- the Chargers remaining schedule, by the way, guys, is versus the Chiefs, at the Texans, versus the Broncos, at the Raiders. So I said they split those Broncos, Raiders, lose to the Chiefs, and beat the Texans. So that'll be enough to keep keep them in right there with the two and two. Um, next team up here is the Buffalo Bills. Ben, do the Bills stay in? Are they the seven right now? Yeah, the Bills are currently in the seven spot. They're seven and six. Dude, so as bad as football as they're playing. Although they didn't play bad against Tampa Bay. Uh, they just ran into a better team. Carolina at New England, Atlanta, and the Jets. And remember, they already lost in New England once um, the week week 13. Mm-hmm. They should <laughs> – they should easily go three and one with a good chance of going four and oh, just based off how much of a revenge game that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Problem is, do they? They're not playing great football. They don't run the ball well. I still think they get in the playoffs, and I think they're better than a seven seed. So I'm going to say they move up at least one spot. Wow, the Rams just placed seven players on the COVID list. Um, anyway. I agree with you completely, Ben. I have them slight. I have them sliding in it, going three and one as well. I think they get in there as well with the Chargers and take two of the spots. So now we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams left who are who are still either six and seven or seven and six, trying to get in here in this last spot. Um, let's talk about your Indianapolis Colts, who currently sit here in the sixth seed. Um, yeah. The Colts' remaining schedule here. This is a tough one, man. Look, Colts might have squandered a few games at the beginning of the season because now they got to play the Patriots at the Cardinals versus the Raiders at the Jags. Look, I actually buy in on this team. I say they split with the Patriots and the Cardinals, and I think they beat up on the Raiders and the Jags. I think the Colts go three and one here and take my last playoff spot, man. I really just like the way this Colts team's playing. I think they're playing their better football on the back half of the schedule, which, I mean, that's what we talked about at the beginning of the year. We said if they can right the storm through those first six games of the season and get to the get to the back half of the schedule, they can get in the playoffs. I think they're able to do it here, man. I really think that they can beat one of the Cardinals or Patriots. I mean, we've seen teams be able to run on the Cardinals, so I think they can do it. Yeah, I mean, my original prediction of the year was them winning their division. Yep. Um, so I, they're my last playoff team. Listen, the Bengals schedule is not that easy coming up, and neither is the Browns. And I think the experience that the Colts have, a um, little bit more veteran veteran offensive line, a little bit better of a quarterback. Um, they just have, they have more of an identity. Um, I think I just think Baker, if he was healthy, I think the Browns are a completely different team. I think yep. the Bengals, I think as good as they are, I just think they're a year early. I, I think the Bengals are really going to be really, really good next season. I really do. I think that division is completely up for the Bengals grabs next year. I know the Ravens are going to be really good because a lot of these healthy uh, or unhealthy players will be back from injury. But I think the Bengals are just a little bit early. They're playing good football now. It's tough to play sound defensive. Uh, I mean, it's tough to play sound December football when you're not used to it. I think they kind of get acclimated to it this year fall into it big time next year and kind of take over uh slowly start to take over that division i think at the start of its next year i have the colts getting in as my last playoff spot from the afc 
Yeah, see, so let's go ahead and talk about these teams that we have not making, and we'll talk about why. I agree with you. It's kind of boring that we have the same three teams, and I promise you all in the NFC, I have a sleeper team slipping in. Let's talk about the Browns since they're tied with these teams. I have the Browns going two and two on the back half of this schedule, and my reason – and so we do have the Chargers going two and two, but y'all got to remember the Chargers are a game up on everybody. So the Chargers going two and two still leaves them with a game up on the Browns. The other two teams we have – go the Bills and Colts we have going three and one, so that means the Browns would be one win behind all these teams. Look, the Browns are kind of screwed at this point. They have Jarvis Landry on who – so think about this. They don't have Odell anymore, so they have their only receiver, Jarvis Landry. He's out. He's not going to be able to play on Saturday for COVID. Wyatt Teller, their starting guard, he's out. Jedrick Wills, left tackle, he's out. Austin Austin Hooper, he's out. Not to mention they have four other players who aren't as big, in my opinion, one of them being one of their backup tight ends. So, I mean, they're really only going to have David and Joku. And Joku's healthy, right? Okay, yeah, so they're only going to have David and Joku to play tight end for them. And you know Baker Mayfield likes to run that two tight end set. I mean, that's absolutely brutal. And not to mention Kareem Hunt's now out with his ankle. I just feel like the Browns are falling apart here down the stretch. It sucks for me because I have a Browns Super Bowl ticket, but might as well rip that thing up and burn it. Yeah, it's a lot of injuries. And uh, I don't know. I, I think Stavansky's doing doing a decent job. I and mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's tough to coach through all these injuries. Um, they're just they, They're just not healthy. And – really not healthy at the quarterback position. I mean, he's playing through like three or four injuries right now, and that's just mm. brutal. With the hurt offensive line, he's got the chance to get hit even more. And some of these hits, I know Baker likes to get up. Some of these hits that he takes, he's not going to get up from all of these if his offensive line can't protect him. Yep, that is just not good, having having COVID on the offensive line when you already have guys down. Not to mention – We've seen a lot of times with COVID in these sports that the next day, two more guys get added and the next day, two more guys get added, you know? So it'll be interesting to see what the skeleton crew looks like come Saturday kickoff, you know? Um, I'm actually going to retract my two and two now that I I remembered about all that COVID. I'm going to see, look, they got to play the Raiders. They're probably going to lose to the Raiders without those guys because the Raiders are in the hunt guys at the Packers. That's a loss for sure at the Steelers. I mean, it's not, not going to be easy, and both these teams when have something to play for. And then they play the Bengals last game. I think they will beat the Bengals for sure. When you're counting down for the final days of Ben Roethlisberger's career in, uh, in um, black and gold, those games aren't easy. He's going to give you everything he's got. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, I mean, this division, too, all these teams are and so hopefully close. Claypool, hopefully Claypool learns how to play some football. I actually got a notification earlier today. Mike Tomlin said him and Claypool had a long chat, and he thinks that he understands some things better. So hopefully that goes well for him. But, yeah, also, too, um, the other thing I was just saying, this division, all these teams, all four of these teams absolutely hate each other. This is probably one of some of the best rivalries. I feel like every single time these teams play, there's bad blood between every single team in the division. I can tell you all this. If one of these teams is playing against one of the teams and they don't have anything left to play for, they're damn sure going to do everything they can to keep that other team out of the playoffs. So I'm going to say one in three now for the uh, COVID-rattled Browns. Um, Let's go, though, to the next team here on our list. For the Browns, I'm going to go with the Steelers. I have the Steelers going one in three down the stretch. The Steelers have to play the Titans. They have to play the Browns. I do have them winning the one against the Browns at at Kansas City and at the Ravens. Ravens revenge game at Kansas City. Kansas City still playing for that number one seed. I'm sorry, Pittsburgh. I'm sorry, Big Ben. I think you're going to. I think you're going one and three down the stretch and missing the playoffs. Anything different I mean, from you on that? No, the reality is there's just not enough talent on the team. 
Yeah, hate to see it for Pittsburgh. Get a new court. I really think, though, you get a good quarterback in there. This team's a 10-12 win team again. So, sucks for Pittsburgh, but they're not going to be in there. Cincinnati. I have Cincinnati, who's currently still tied in that, in, up there with everybody at 7-6. and six. I have Cincinnati going 0-4 to finish the season at the Broncos. I think Cincinnati loses, man. Playing at Denver not an easy Denver team. Play. Yep, playing yeah. in that altitude is not going to be easy, especially off an overtime heartbreaking loss. Um, not to mention they play the Ravens, Kansas City, and at the Browns. So, I mean. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a brutal schedule for a team that's a lot of fun to watch, a team that competes to the last second. They're just – they need to get a little bit better at closing. And I just think they're not there. I think they're not a team that knows how to close games out yet. And they're in the final month of this. I mean, you know, December is, is time. You got to win all the close games and you get the opportunities and – they haven't really done it. I mean, it's the same thing. We'll talk about it in the NFC, but like going into December football, knowing who the Vikings are is not who you want to be. You have to win the close games in December. And the Vikings and Bengals, it seems like they play in a close game every single week. Mm-hmm. Whether they win or lose, it's it can't be easy, it seems like. No, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. It starts to take a toll on you. Those injuries start to build up. I think it falls apart down the stretch here for Cincinnati. I do think next year, though, Cincinnati's the team in the division you don't want to play. I think next year they're that team you don't want to play against. They're going to have like $60 million in cap space to go get offensive alignment. So I think next year is Cincinnati's year. Um, next team up here, we're going to go with the also 7-6 and six Broncos, and then we'll get to those 6-7 and seven teams. By the way, Pittsburgh was 6-6-1. Six, six and one. That's why I didn't group them in with those other teams. But the Broncos, I have the Broncos going 1-3 down the stretch. The Broncos, I have them beating the Bengals at home, and then after that, I have them losing at the Chargers, at the Raiders, and against Kansas City. I will say this, though. Kansas City has that number one seed wrapped up. That game is going to mean nothing for them last game of the season. That could be the game that moves them to two and two. But for now, I'm going to say one and three for the Broncos down the stretch with them missing the playoffs. It's not enough consistent quarterback play. Um, what I like what they're doing is, is they've turned it to the Packers a little bit. They're going to use these two running backs as mm-hmm. often as they can. And they're both going to be the workhorses. And Javante Williams is pretty much kind of taken over as, as the main guy as he should. But Melvin Gordon is still right there being pretty, being productive. Can they get a little bit more of Teddy Bridgewater? Um, listen, I think he's got the weapons to throw to, and they're not even fully healthy. K.J. Hamler's missed time this year. Noah Fant's uh, missed time this year. Judy's missed time this year. But they got the weapons if Teddy if Teddy Bridgewater can get it outside to him. Their defense is, is, is just flies around the football. They have a nice young secondary. You know what? I think Vic Fangio is almost like he was on the hot seat coming into the year. I wouldn't fire him. I think he's doing a fine job with, with what he's given. I think he's got a young defense that is playing up uh, probably a little bit better than, than people expected. They're just not getting enough out of the quarterback position, which is not a shocker if anyone follows Denver Broncos football. John, John Elway and the Broncos have missed on just about every quarterback outside of the name Peyton Manning. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely on that one. Maybe they can try again on quarterback next year. But, yeah, Denver, one and three down the stretch. Now let's get to the jumble that is the six and seven team. So first six and seven team here is the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders play at the Browns, which we have them winning now. They get Denver at the house, which I have them winning, at the Colts, which is an L, and then the last game of the season against the Chargers, which – 
I have as an L as well. So I have them going two and two down the stretch here, which is not going to be enough to get them in since they're one game behind everybody else. They finish one game out. Anything you disagree with there? No. Yeah, it sucks for the Chargers, man. If they had everybody back, I would probably feel differently about it. Last team, though, we got is the Dolphins. The Dolphins are two and two. I or I have the Dol- the six and seven Dolphins finishing two and two as they still have to play the Patriots. They play at the Saints and Titans, and they play the Jets. Look, they might be able to – that going to play at the Saints, Saints are still going to have something left to play for. That's not necessarily a victory. I just think the Dolphins are playing good football, and they'll be able to win that game. That one, though, definitely could go the other way. It's going to be 2-2 two and two or 1-3 and three here for the Dolphins and no playoffs. I don't have them making the playoffs either, but they are building on something. And it's almost like it's – it's about time to start giving two of the, the keys to the entire castle. And I mean, and what I mean by that is I mean making a public statement, not any of these trade rumor crap, because I, the fact that he's playing so well when he knows the organization doesn't believe in him, maybe doesn't even want him. I'd stick a huge middle finger to everyone in that organization. I know you can't do that, but the way that they've treated him since the moment they've drafted him, they've treated him like a piece of garbage. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And I mean, he has in Will Fuller, Devontae Parker. Will Fuller hadn't played at all this season. Devontae Parker literally just came back from his injury. I mean, this team basically wanted to trade him. And he, when he finally got healthy and their trade rumors were gone because he was past the trade deadline, he's played his best football of his career. So I think he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL numbers wise. Mm-hmm. Seems that he's bad, that he wasn't just throwing to good receivers at Alabama. He really is that good. So also I mean, Jalen, Jalen Waddle has been unbelievable. Unbelievable. He's on one of my other fantasy teams. He's been an absolute monster. So glad I picked him. I, I think, I think he's, he's leading all rookies in receptions. I think he's like top five in the league in receptions or something. Yeah. Like he, that. he was he, going to the week last week. He was the 11th ranked fantasy receiver. So Jalen Waddle, he's been doing that work, man. Um. Anyway, by the way, I remember when, last year when before Jalen Waddle got hurt, he was getting all the all the attention. Not Devontae Smith. He doesn't get hurt. Probably wins Eisman instead. So, anyway, let's go back to the NFC now. So we do have the have the Rams at nine and four, who I have currently have as way as safe. They they did put seven people on the COVID reserve, but still, I mean, if that they were to lose out. I mean, they would still probably have a good chance at making the playoffs. I don't think they're going to lose out, though, so we won't even talk about them. Next team up, though, we got is the 7-6 and six San Francisco 49ers. Ben, did the San Francisco hang on and make the playoffs here? Let's go through the, all the teams just so I can map it out in my head. It's the 49ers, the Vikings. It's the – Well, so, so the 49ers are 7-6. and six. Then you have 6-7 and seven washington football team in the last spot then the vikings at six and seven then the eagles at six and seven the falcons at six and seven the saints at six and seven and then i've already crossed off the five and eight panthers and the five and eight seahawks just because i mean the seahawks look done and the panthers have or have two games against the bucks so i mean that's that's already a cross off right there so i mean i hate to even get my hopes up but let me look. The Atlanta schedule is at San Francisco, Detroit, Buffalo, New Orleans. Here's the thing. The only reason I'm bringing up the Falcons is because the NFC East basically plays each other for the rest of the the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. So if Washington can't do well against their own division, it's going to leave the spot open for the Vikings and for the Falcons. I don't think the Eagles get in. I'm going to say I don't think the Falcons get in. Um 
I'm going to say the 49ers stay in. I think they get a big win at home against the Falcons. Um, yeah, I mean, they're eight-and-a-half-point favorites. Listen, we, we got we to gotta talk about how great Debo Samuels and the willingness to do whatever it takes for his team to win. They needed him to play some running back. They just want to get the ball in their best athlete's hands. He's done that. The way they used Brandon Ayuk recently has helped his confidence. He's going a lot in motion, a lot of crosses over the middle using that top-end speed he has. And we got to mention my guy, George Kittle. The man is healthy. The man is baby Gronk. He's You're just welcome. as good as it comes. Yeah, thank, by the way, I'm in the playoffs now. I'm going to win our championship. Thanks to whoa, you. Whoa, 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 whoa. You still um, got to answer to me, boy. <laughs> um, I'll probably see you in the championship. Um, but the way that they're playing right now, they have figured out who they are, how to how to score points efficiently, using IU's athleticism, getting uh, Kittle healthy and, and, do, and letting him do what he does. Jimmy G keeping the turnovers down and running the football by any means necessary, whether that's with Debo Samuel, whether that's with your running backs. They're playing sound football. They stay in for me. Um, I'll let you talk about them. Yeah, I agree with every single point you said. This team is not only getting healthy at the right time, but also, too, I mean, I would argue they've been unlucky. Just think about those losses that they've had, you know, like that game against the Packers. Like, they've had some very unlucky and unfortunate breaks at the end of football games. I think this 49ers team is better than their 7-6 and six record. I have them going 2-2 two and two down the stretch, but yeah, we'll get to the rest of it. I think that's more than enough to keep them in the playoffs. I think they keep that same spot, and they stay away from having to deal with these 6-7 and seven teams. What do you think about Washington? Because I think they're extremely interesting. So Washington plays the Eagles twice. So them right. and the Eagles are both tied right now. So that'll even itself out as they play each other twice. They still have to play at the Cowboys, which, I mean, Dallas could be having something to play for in that game. You know, man, like Dallas could really be have to play in this game in order to, you know, escape having to play on that. Because Dallas is currently 9-4. and four. These other teams are all 10-3. and three. You know, Dallas only sits one win out of that. So two teams are going get to get the – or I guess only one team gets the bye. But, I mean, Dallas has still got a little something left to play for here. I could see them beating up on Washington in that game. I have Washington going 2-2. Two and two. I'm saying they're going to beat the Giants and the Eagles once. Yeah. I, I don't know, I, though, if, if that keeps Washington in the playoffs, though. I don't think they beat Philly twice. And the way that Philly's defense is playing right now, um, that, that's kind of the main reason why. If Philly's defense is causing havoc on the opposing quarterbacks, I think they can turn Taylor Heineke over. Uh, the way that Darius Slay has taken over the secondary, what a second half he's had uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. The, yeah, I was going to say, the question is, if they go two and two, let me look up with the Vikings, because let's talk about the Vikings, because the Vikings are also right there. They're currently six and seven. Well, let me, t- let me talk about the Eagles real quick. I actually have the Eagles going three and one and making the playoffs. I think the Eagles will beat the Cowboys. I think they okay. also, because they get them at home. I mean, y'all, y'all got to remember, this is one of the biggest rivalries in the NFL is Eagles-Cowboys. I think right. the Eagles c- go in there and they whoop up on the Cowboys. I mean, they're going to handle the Giants. I wouldn't be shocked if they beat Washington twice, but I definitely think they beat Washington once. I think this Eagles offense has figured things out and they're really starting to get it going. I mean, they've started to run the football a lot better. I have the Eagles going three and one, man. And I mean, they're currently tied with Washington. So that bumps Washington out. I got the Eagles 49ers as my last two wild cards. I actually yeah. bet the Eagles a couple of weeks ago at plus 470 to make the playoffs, put 50 bucks That's on nice. it. 
And now it's at plus 160. So definitely got some good value on that. Well, and here's the deal. Like, I'm looking at the Vikings, right? So at Chicago, then the Rams, at Green Bay and Chicago. Should they beat Chicago twice? Yeah, I mean, they should. They but it's also though. the Vikings. It's the Vikings. They play mm-hmm. every game close, it seems like. So here's the thing. If the Vikings go 2-2, two and two, the football team goes 2-2, two and two, and the Eagles go 3-1. and one. Is that all map out? Yeah, the Eagles, if the Eagles go three and one, the Eagles would be nine and eight. And those two teams would both be eight and seven or uh, eight and eight, eight and nine. Sorry. Yeah, they would have one less. So they would have one less win than the Eagles if the Eagles went out because all the Eagles, Falcons, and Saints are all tied. Vikings and uh, Washington, all those teams are six and seven. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Niners, Vikings, Eagles. I don't I, well, I no, because the Rams are the other one other wild. Oh the Rams, that's right. That's right. So Rams, that's right. That's right. Um damn that so that's tough. Between Washington football team, Minnesota, and Philly. That is so tough. I'm gonna go with Minnesota just because you went with the Eagles will be different. So I'm gonna go All the right. Rams, 49ers, and Minnesota. I mean, I don't love Minnesota. I think they're a really talented team, especially offensively offensively between Cook and Madison. I think Madison's mm-hmm. a really good RB too. Um, Kirk Cousins, I mean, eventually Thielen's going to be back from COVID. We got, we do have to remember he did not play last week. Um, I just think the offense is too much. No matter how much Cousins and Zimmer try to screw up games, I think they can score enough points against teams to kind of sneak in here. Yeah, I just see – I feel like the Vikings, that one loss they had, they had that's going to absolutely bite them in the ass – was the one yeah was the one lost the lions on top of that i think the vikings lose to the rams and packers and i think they drop one of the bears man i just really think this vikings team plays with their food and they play to their opponent's skill level too much i don't think they're good enough to beat the bears twice dude leaving i've I've been impressed with fields i'll I'll be honest with you same for what for the situation he's in i don't think there's many guys that can at least fake like he's good hold hold that till next segment Remember, gotcha. we're getting into the rookie quarterbacks. Um, all right, so the re- I'm going to talk about the Falcons and the Saints real quick, then we'll get to next segment. And well, trust me, Fields will be up quick in next segment. Um, <clears throat> our Falcons, unfortunately, Ben, I hate to say it, man, we screwed up too much at the beginning of the season when we had all the easy games. We're going one and three down the stretch as much as I hate to say it. Look, at the 49ers, we're eight-and-a-half-point road favorites. I'm not going to try to talk myself into us. I mean, road dogs, I'm not going to try to talk us into winning that game somehow. It's just not happening. The Lions, I mean, God forbid. There's no way we should lose this game. At the Bills, <laughs> Bills, like we talked about last segment, the Bills are going to have something to play for. I just don't see any way we go into Buffalo and win with those fans going crazy, especially in the cold weather, although we have played well on the road. Finally, the Saints, the Falcons still haven't won a game in the home stadium with Arthur Smith. They'll win it against the Lions. I just feel like, man, the Falcons and Saints always split against each other. I think we're going to split here with the Saints as much as I hate to say it, guys. I hate the Saints with every piece of my soul. But, unfortunately, I think that we're going to end up losing this game to the Saints. I think that we're going to go one and three down the stretch. I think the Saints will go two and two. I think that they'll lose at the Bucks. They'll lose the Dolphins, but they'll beat the Panthers and Falcons to close out the season, and it won't matter for them. So that's the way I see things shaping out in the NFC. Anything else you want to talk about on this before we go to rookie QBs? Dude, it's so strange about the Falcons, like not being able to win at home. I mean, obviously we both know their home atmosphere isn't crazy electric. Um, 
which is why that like see i think they can win at san fran i don't know why like this is a team that ha- historically has played very well against mm-hmm. san fran uh in, in recent years um matt ryan plays well against san fran he's got good numbers against them that i was looking at if they win that game I, see i think they can go three and one and it's just the reason why i think that's because this is what the falcons do they have an awful to a mediocre start to the season. Mm-hmm. The middle of the season, they're the worst team in football outside the Lions, <laughs> Jets, and Texans. And then the end of the year, when it doesn't seem to matter, they're the best, they're like a top five team in the league. Yeah, um, you're not wrong about that. I think I, I think it starts with the San Fran game. See, if I think they win at San Fran, I think they can do what you were saying the Eagles can do. I really do. Now it's probably wishful thinking, but of course they got me roped back in. This is what they do. Um, yeah, I mean, the Falcons every single year, they check out all the stats and stuff as being one of the most unlucky teams. Like I always say, though, bad teams find ways to lose games they shouldn't. That's what the Falcons do, man. Although I love the confidence, Ben. I think Falcons plus eight and a half is a spicy bet for two teams that are pushing for the playoffs. I think we're being a little disrespected on that spread there. I hope, man, we can. I mean, if we can, if we can beat San Francisco or Buffalo, I think we can get yeah. in. I just really don't think we're going to be able to. You know, we're going to be probably eight-point dogs in both. I don't think they win in Buffalo. The, I mean, that weather is going to be mm-hmm. disastrous. Matt Ryan's – I'm not going to say the offensive word or the offensive term that people – starts with an N. Uh, it's something you use in a pool. But um, – <laughs> Noodle you know, arm. He doesn't, yeah, there it is. He doesn't have the greatest arm strength playing in wind. And, it, it, you know, we just saw – the Patriots didn't even let Matt Jones throw the football. Obviously, Matt Ryan's going to throw the football. I just don't know how effective he'll be in, in bad weather conditions in Buffalo. But playing in San Fran, you're going to Santa Clara, California. I mean, I would imagine other than rain, the weather is going to be fine. You know? I'm not expecting an earthquake. The 49ers have been bad at home with Kyle Shanahan as their head coach, by the way. They've right. been they've been bad. They're better on the road. It's kind of like the Falcons. And, you know, man, hopefully we can get some great weather in uh, Buffalo and pull off a crazy upset. Doubt it will happen, though. Um, let's talk about these rookie QBs now. Um, let's get into them, man. So Ben and I are going to do a redraft for our rookie QBs here. Um, we'll just kind of do them in order. Ben, do you think of the Jacksonville Jaguars? First off, if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, you have the number one overall pick. No, seeing what you've seen up to this point, who are you taking it on? Don't take a Trevor Lawrence. I, I think he was just a can't miss prospect. Um, listen, it's, so much of the NFL is what organization you're going to, what coaches you have behind you, probably even a little bit more than the skill set you have around you, um, other than offensive line. If you don't have an offensive line, it's really, really hard, um, unless you can be a mobile quarterback. And even then, it's just really difficult because young quarterbacks throwing on the run is just going to equal turnovers. I would stick with Trevor Lawrence. It's just someone I could not pass up on. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on this one, Ben. I think you still got to take Trevor Lawrence. He's by far the most talented all of these guys. All these guys have, you know, like Mac Jones is a very gifted pocket passer. Trey Lance a gifted runner. Justin Fields is a gifted runner. I feel like Trevor Lawrence is the best combination of all those with them. I mean, Urban Meyer doesn't do a good job at all of putting him in a situation to where he can win, like you just said. This is a terrible situation. I mean, this Jags team won one game last year. They were probably the least competitive team in the entire NFL last year. I don't think it's a reflection on how good of a quarterback Trevor Lawrence is. He had his worst game of his career last week. Tennessee has a great defense. They got more healthy. They forced him into that. 
Look, I think the biggest thing for Trevor Lawrence is just stay healthy. Don't we have a bad injury? Get back at it next season. Get a better coach in there. I, let's just put it this way. Jacksonville was the worst possible spot for a rookie quarterback to go. He's not in a in a winning situation. They didn't do any favors by hiring on Urban Meyer. I would still take Trevor Lawrence, though, if I was any of these, if I was any team in the NFL trying to take one of these guys to win me games. Um, next up here, we'll go with number two. Look, yeah, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even draft him in rounds one, two, or three. <laughs> yeah. Um, the second the second quarterback we'd pick obviously is not Zach Wilson. Ben, I assume I know who you're going to go with here. I'll go first on this one. Look, I'm taking Mac Jones here. I don't know if you all remember or not, when me and Ben did our prospect ranking ranking of these quarterbacks, we both – I think we both – went, we both went with Trey Lance first, right? Look, we both said we thought he was the best prospect. We thought he had the most potential. My number two I think guy – I'm sure I had Lawrence at one. Actually, yeah, you had Lawrence at one. I had Lance at one. I actually at two had Mac Jones, and I still stand by that. Mac Jones, like Ben said, he's a high IQ guy. He can make all the throws. Mac Jones can adapt in these games. He makes smart plays. He's decently athletic. He doesn't look it, but he is a little athletic moving around the pocket and whatnot. I mean, we've seen it all season long with Mac Jones. He's a purebred winner. He finds ways to win games. I would still take Mac Jones as the second quarterback in this draft class. I would still take Trevor Lawrence first. I would take Mac Jones second. I think he's the second best out of all these guys. What say you, Ben? So if I were the Jets, I would not have drafted Mac Jones. Um, well, I was but I just someone who drafted a QB. Probably, I mean that—that's what I've—I typically say: don't draft a QB unless you know you can protect them, um, or have people for him to throw to. I mean, mm-hmm. the Jets are awful, dude. Terrible. Um, I yeah, I mean, if I if I'm doing like a power rankings of my quarterbacks, I'm I'm having Matt Jones too. I think he honestly would be successful. In San Francisco, I don't know if he'd be playing year one as much as he's playing in New England necessarily, but I think he'd be successful in the college Shanahan. He's a guy that's athletic enough to do a rollout that Shanahan likes to do. He's a great pocket passer. Like you mentioned, great uh, IQ, ability to learn a playbook right away. I think that's also a re- a, one of the reasons why New England mm-hmm. was comfortable giving him the keys to the castle in his rookie season. They were comfortable that he knew the playbook. And they didn't really have better options, um, to be honest with you. But, yeah, I, I would rank Mac Jones number two. He's having an extremely efficient rookie season. Yeah, I agree with you completely on that one, Ben. I think he's definitely the second-best guy. Look, number three, I assume we both have the same guy here. This guy closed yeah, the gap, yes. and he's gotten better every single week. You just wanted to talk about him, Ben. I'm going to let you take it away on this one. Yeah, we were kind of robbed. I mean, he had to miss a couple weeks for an injury. I think that's something he'll learn. Um, listen, he's a big kid. Uh, Justin Fields is a big body at quarterback, and he's very fast. You got to get down. It's the NFL. These guys are going to hit you so hard compared to college football where he can probably take some hits and run, maybe even run some people over in college. He'll learn. Um, I think the biggest thing for him is – getting a new coach, getting in a new mm-hmm. offensive system and learning that system as quickly as he can. And listen, if I were Justin Fields, assuming that the bears fire Matt Nagy, as soon as they hire a new coach and a new offensive coordinator, or if it's the same person, I would start meeting with him in the off season. You got to learn that playbook as soon as you can. And then I would get on the practice field. If I was Justin Fields, I take one vacation with family, or if he's got a girlfriend or wife, I'm not sure. And for the rest of I, Go away for two weeks, relax, get your body right, reset the mind for two weeks, 
from there until training camp starts, he should be learning that offense and getting with his receivers. Listen, it's not easy. Being a rookie quarterback is not easy. Going into your second year with a new offense, which we think they're going to have new coaches, the Bears, it makes it that much harder compared to like a Mac Jones situation where, or if Urban Meyer is still in Jacksonville, like you just, you can add stuff to the offense, but when you get a new offense, a new offensive coordinator, new playbook and everything, it's tough to add stuff on it. When you're a rookie, you got, you're still trying to learn everything. And when he's just on the field, if he has the ability to just play football, not worry about this and that, I think he's extremely talented. Problem is you can't do that in the NFL. As a quarterback, you have to be the smartest man in the field. You have to know protection. You have to know safety disguise blitzes, uh, or I just meant def- defensive disguise blitzes. You have to know it all. If he can get the mental side of football down, I think the physical attributes in the game of football comes easy to him. Yeah, I agree with you on this one, Ben, completely. Look, I actually had Fields ranked behind. So I had Lance ranked in front of him. But now I would put Fields, honestly, I mean, who's to say Fields can't be better than both these guys? I mean, he's in a terrible Lance hasn't played. Yeah, Lance hasn't played yet. That's why I'm just going to put him behind him, just because these three guys have played and actually impressed. But look, Fields, I mean, he's, he's done this with Matt Nagy. Like you said, Matt Nagy is terrible. He's absolutely terrible. terrible. Absolutely terrible. Also, to his wide receivers outside of Allen Robinson, really not much there. I think Justin Fields, with the plays he makes and the things he does, he's doing a lot with nothing. I like his upside. Let him get a competent coach in there, and I think you can really use him. They need to, their next hire needs to be like Don Martingale, the Ravens head, the Ravens offensive coordinator, or somebody like that. You put him in that kind of offense, sky's the limit. Look. I had every doubt about Justin Fields. I thought he just thrown a Chris Olave and those Ohio State boys throwing slants and go routes and just winning against these terrible teams in the Big Ten. I was dead wrong. Justin Fields is a baller and a big game player. I think he is going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. Number four now, I think y'all know where we're going with this one. It's not Davis Mills. It's not Zach Wilson. Give me Trey Lance. Look, we haven't seen Trey Lance play much yet. He looked very raw in that one game he played in. He's got all the ability. Let's see what he can do next year. I mean, he's going to have Debo, Samuel, George Kittle, all those guys. So let's see what he can do. I mean, he's he's so much. Everyone's better than Zach Wilson. Even <laughs> Davis Mills. Is, Davis Mills, he's next on our list. Yeah. Okay. Zach Wilson is the worst quarterback. He's just so bad. He's so bad. He doesn't make good decisions. In fact, he makes reckless decisions. He almost seems like he – I hate to bring this up to Jets fans to fill us things, but it's almost like he sees ghosts. <laughs> yeah, he does remind me of Sammy D 2.0. Look, I I don't know if this would have happened if he got drafted by a better team. I already had my doubts on him though to begin with. Look, I think say I think Zach Wilson was in over his head. I think he's in a terrible situation. I just think it's not a good situation period for him. I don't think playing for the Jets in any capacity is good for anyone. No, the Jets need to do um um, the Jets need to do like the what the path the Browns took. The Browns just stockpiled draft picks, just kept drafting people for like two or three years, and then finally they went ahead and got a quarterback. That's what we need to see the Jets do. Well, the Jets also Makai Beckton, who was playing very well at left tackle, they, they did lose him for yeah most of the season. That that hurts a young quarterback not having your left tackle. It's almost like I mean this is a joke, but it's almost like some of the teams in the NFL need to just be relegated for like a year. Just sit back, not play any football game, and just figure out what direction we want to go to. Because it's almost like the end of the year comes, 
and we're in the same cycle, right? The Jets have a high draft pick. They're going with young skill set position players. And then it just doesn't work out. The record doesn't get any better. They don't come any close to playing 500 mm-hmm. football. And then you're back to the drafting point all over again. It's like the NFL, you're, it's not designed for teams to be this bad for this long, right? Like the worst team gets the number one selection. You don't have to fight for it. And that guy, it's a sport where that guy plays right away, right? It's not baseball where the number one pick, you're waiting for him for, for two, three, four years. Like, you shouldn't be this bad. Teams that are this bad, they're this bad because they have no, uh, what's the, they have no structure. They have no culture. They have no vision. They have no, they have nothing. They have no proof that they get better as, as an organization from week well, to week, year make, to year. It's because they make dumb decisions. You know what I mean? Like, think of it as, as like this related to the NBA. So you look at the NBA, like you have the Timberwolves or, I mean, they're finally Kings. out of that situation. Yeah. The Kings, like those teams suck every single year, but then you look at the Hawks, the Hawks sucked for three years. Now they're back in the playoffs to being a competitive team again. You know the what I mean? Hornets like, are competitive. Exactly. Like those teams saw what they were doing. They said, okay, let's blow it up. We'll go, go be bad for a couple of years in the draft. And then all of a sudden they're playoff teams again, you know, like look at, look at the NFL. Like you see it kind of same thing with these teams. Like San Francisco was terrible for a while. What did they do? They built their defensive line. Now they're good again. Washington, they were terrible. They built their defensive line and they were good again. You know, like you don't see the Jets do that. You don't see the Giants do that. The Giants have sucked ever since they lost Eli Manning or ever since like that Super Bowl year. They've been trash ever since Odell left. You know why? Because they draft Saquon Barkley with a third pick when they could have taken an offensive lineman or a defensive tackle. These teams like the Jets, the Jets see – get in love with these quarterbacks like y'all struck out on Sam Darnold why'd y'all strike out on Sam Darnold he has no weapons and he has no offense and he has terrible coaching so what do you do instead of why not just stick with Sam Darnold for another two years and keep sucking and then recycle him and get a new quarterback instead no let's go get Zach Wilson he's going to save us wait our offensive line still sucks I don't want to say Robert Sala sucks because I think the defense is actually decent but your your front office sucks it got worse from last year yeah like I mean it was better last year yeah, fair enough. I mean, like that—that's just the prime example, though. Like these teams don't try to—they don't try to like get better in the trenches and get better at other things, then worry about the other ones later. Instead, it's like they try to go out and get the flashy player to keep fans interested, rather than like what the Browns did. The Browns said, "Look, we've sucked for the last twenty years. Let's stop trying to draft quarterbacks. Instead, let's go defense and offensive line for like three drafts in a row." And then they said. Oh, here we go. Finally, we have the number one pick. We're going to take our guy in the stack quarterback class. They waited for the quarterback to come by. Boom. Clockwork. Hey, at least the Jaguars can't draft a QB this year, so that'll save them somewhat. <laughs> um, anything else we should talk about in this segment before we get to our first NBA topic of the year? Let's move to the, let's move to the, uh, let's move to basketball. Let's do I it, I was ben. trying to think of like the hardcore to bat. I, I was trying to think of the, the, the term that people use for basketball, I just couldn't think of it. The hardcore blacktop, yeah, the hardwood, <laughs> the hardwood. That's, I guess, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, let's move over to the hardwood. So, guys, look, we now sit here, we're about uh 30 games deep in the NBA season. Look, this team is still in the play, is in a playing spot, but it has become evident to me. I don't care if they've had injuries and COVID and whatnot, that they need to blow it up. That is the Portland Trailblazers, who currently sit at 11 and 16 in the 10 spot. 
And the only reason why they're in that spot is because the Kings, Spurs, Rockets, Thunder, and Pelicans are behind them. Only one of those teams is actually trying to win games and can't, which is the Kings. Look, Ben, I think it's become evident to me they need to go ahead and pack it in and blow it up here with Portland. What say you? We've been talking about this topic for like two years now. It's just like they did like a half blow up um, by getting rid of some like three and D guys uh, after last season. In reality, I kind of liked some, or at the time, I kind of liked some of the moves, but in reality, it did nothing. Um, Listen, it's time for them to make a tough decision. And I know that Dame doesn't seem like he wants to leave, but it's better for the organization to move forward without him. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're not. Not ever going to be good enough with him, and it's not his fault. It's. Um. They're just. They don't have enough. They don't have enough around Dame, and. Listen. He's been so loyal to them that he's earned the right that they should go up to him and say, "Hey, you know, we're thinking about moving forward. It's time to to blow it up. We're going to trade you." you, you know, give us like four or five teams and we'll try and make it work. I think he's earned that, right? Everyone else. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'd get rid of their, everyone, everyone that someone wants. Um. Yeah, like I agree with you. Um. If you can somehow trade CJ McCollum and, a, and another piece to the 76ers to get Ben Simmons, I would do it, but – Honestly, the way I look at it is you now have the chance to trade Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard wants to sign this big extension where he's going to make $45 million worth of your team's salary cap. You cannot afford to pay Damian Lillard $45 million of your team or 45% of your team's salary cap and expect to make the playoffs. That's just not going to happen. This Blazers no. team is teeter-tottering around being decent. They had their one chance in the in the, uh, in the Western Conference Finals. And what happened? They got swept by the Warriors. I think it's time, man. I mean, Dame, you need another, like, superstar to play with. I mean, James Harden is probably the best example of a guy who was stuck on the same team over and over again and tried and tried and tried. I mean, we saw him do it. They got him Chris Paul. He came close, and he couldn't do it, man. I mean, there's no way Dame and the Blazers are going to be able to beat the Suns or the the, uh, Warriors and get through the Western Conference. I think you have to break it up. And look, I think trading for Ben Simmons is a good move. I don't love Ben Simmons, but I think if you can form the team the correct way around Ben Simmons, you can win now with them. There's so many teams that would be lining up to trade for Damian Lillard and would absolutely unload the bank to give you pieces. You can take on future draft picks. You can take on all kinds of things. You can even, I mean, they could really blow it up and trade CJ McCollum, Covington. I think they could trade all these guys and get, get it back. A lot of good stuff, you know, or they could just, I mean, they've traded first round picks already, so they need to get that capital back. But I mean, they could trade Damian Lillard realistically, get Ben Simmons, and still be a playoff team in the Western Conference. It completely changes their team because they get better defensively. Dame and CJ don't match up well in the defensive end. I think it's time to get Dame out of there and trade him. Dude, trading – just think about how many first-round picks you can get for Damian Lillard. Like, for Damian Lillard. I mean, okay. what were what were the Sixers asking for Ben Simmons? Weren't they asking, like, three first-round picks? Mm-hmm. Well, what the hell is Dame worth? Seven first round picks, <laughs> probably. I mean, I think Damian Lillard for Ben Simmons and Maxi and a first round pick is a fair deal. I don't know if they're gonna want to get rid of Maxi, but they might have to to get Dame. But or I'm just Simmons saying, like to anyone, first, like, you know, 
Like it, the Blazers should almost just go the um, Thunder route, go the Sam Presti route. I trade, I would trade Lillard. I'd get one decent player, decent young player, and probably get three picks, maybe four picks for Dame. Trade McCullum, get two picks, maybe three picks for Dame. Lock it in with four first round picks over the next couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, or you can look at it from the other way, which is I think is what Portland has done. Look at it as cool. We have Dame, we have Nurkic. CJ, we have Nurkic. Let's just go. Like, I think Portland's satisfied, though, is the thing. Like, people don't realize. I don't think Portland has championship aspirations. I think they're satisfied with winning, you know, seven – or, I mean, with with uh, getting the seven, six, five seed and making the playoffs every single year. I think that's what satisfies them ultimately and let Dame be, you know, that all-time franchise player. I just think it's stupid, and they should go ahead and get rid of him now while they still can. You don't want to commit to paying him 45% of your salary cap. Then you have no money to spend on everybody else. Yeah, they'll be in a black hole. If they take that deal. Exactly. That's what I'm saying, man. So I feel like Portland needs to move on from him. It, I mean, that's going to be the trade that's going to shake up the league. If they do it, whoever gets him, whether it's Philadelphia, um, I don't think New York has a chance. I don't think Miami's going to trade for him anymore at this point. I think it's Philadelphia or bust at this point. I mean, Ben Simmons has got to go too. So it's, I just feel like that's the best trade partner both ways. Um. Anyways, so I, I just feel like that's the best trade partner both ways is for Philadelphia and Portland to go ahead and make this. Yeah, deal. I mean, I think both. I mean, both teams would have would have interest for sure. Where is uh, is Dame's from California, isn't he? Yeah, Dame is. Okay, I was thinking that. I don't know. He could. He definitely fits in at Philly. Tough-minded guy. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, Philadelphia needs guards to stretch the floor. They don't need any more big men. You know, Max I mean, he's a stud, by the way. Yeah, Maxi is. Maxi's a damn good player. He's fit in well there. Um, oh, we got to talk about the Grizzlies real quick because they just waxed the, the 76ers last night as well. Dude, they're just dominating everyone. Um, well, to be fair, the 76ers did not have Joel Embiid or Seth Curry last night. So that had a lot to do with it. But yeah, it literally makes no sense right now. The Grizzlies are playing without John Morant and they're literally like the best team in the NBA right now. Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, that makes know. that one makes no sense to me. I mean, a little, I've probably tweeted out like four times. I've tried to bet against them like four times now, and they still win every single time. I forgot the Grizzlies without John Moran are the best team in the NBA. So keep that in mind, guys. All right, Ben, should we get up out of here? Anything else you want to talk about? No, man, that's all I got. Once again, guys, we appreciate everyone who tuned in. Friday, we will be back with Picks Pod. Bowl games kick off as well on Friday, so we're going to have some stuff for you all on that. So have a great weekend, everyone. Talk to you all again soon.